Ever since I could understand what the pastors were talking about, I've wanted to get up and do the same. I've always looked up to Pastor Tom, Pastor Sam, Pastor Jim, and Steve, and I can't believe I'm actually up here giving the sermon. When I thought about what I would speak about, I couldn't help but be drawn to current events, and not just events in our immediate community, but our national and global community. Events such as the protests, the Black Lives Matter movement, and the LGBTQIA community were the ones that specifically caught my attention. I've always longed to be an advocate for those that need it, and have always looked up to my sister in that regard. My sister Bailey is a great example of an advocate, and she always stands her ground no matter how many people challenge her views. A specific moment in my childhood when this became very clear to me was when my sister became vegetarian at the age of four. She found out where chicken nuggets came from and decided she no longer wanted to eat meat and then dared me and my mom to do the same. I obviously protested this idea at first because I love a good chicken nugget, but after some time, when I was in second grade, I gave in and became vegetarian. This is just one example of when Bailey stood her ground and stood up for what she believed in. Since then, there have been many more. Like Bailey, I've started to become an advocate. For example, I was drawn to the peaceful protests downtown over the summer, and I was moved by how many people came to walk in solidarity. Like Bailey, I believe that our church is also a great example of advocates. After holding the prayer service for racial injustice, I became fully aware of our church's impact on the community and their involvement in being advocates for those without a voice. That's the first time I can remember our church publicly standing up against racial injustice. This really excited me because I believe part of the church's role is to be an advocate, because Jesus was an advocate. In Luke 4, 14 through 20, Jesus is giving one of his first sermons, and he is centering on advocacy in this sermon. It states, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Again, this is one of Jesus' first sermons, and he is being an advocate by proclaiming freedom, giving sight, and setting people free. When I pair this scripture with John 13, 34 through 35, I think it tells us something essential about advocacy. Advocacy, as I see it, is essential to love, and being an advocate means loving one another enough to help speak up. I believe being an advocate not only means speaking up for those who can't, but also being able to disagree well with one another. At my school, we're doing a program called Project Talk, where we discuss events happening in our world today and people's differing opinions on them. The seniors at my school got the opportunity to be facilitators for this program, and I signed up to be one. What we do is we get assigned a different homeroom, and we go and discuss certain topics that are important to today's world, and have a conversation about where everyone stands on that topic. The main part of Project Talk, however, is to be able to agree to disagree and have healthy conversations with someone with different views. This brought me to the question, can we be in the same church and think differently, but still work towards good? 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. 
For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. I think the scripture is saying that we can be in the same church and think differently, much like there are different parts of a body, but it's still one body. Later in verses 24 through 27, the scripture says, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. One body does not mean we all agree, but we remain together even when we disagree, and we still love each other in spite of our differing opinions. John Wesley also talks about this in one of his sermons, when he is speaking on what makes the character of a Methodist unique, and also on being united as the body of Christ. He states, And so I beg you, let all true Christians remain united. Let us not be divided among ourselves. Is your heart right as my heart is with yours? I ask no further questions. Give me your hand. For the sake of mere opinions or terms, let us not destroy the work of God. Do you love God? This is enough. I give you the right hand of fellowship. In my own house, me and my sister don't always agree, but we still love each other. It's not like we leave the family because we disagree on a subject. And that's how I see our church as one big family who doesn't turn on each other just because we disagree on a topic. I believe our church can go even further in our advocacy by becoming more of an ally, and also by continuing to have difficult discussions regarding what is going on in the world and our community right now. Dance is also a metaphor for this topic. You can't do dance without knowing the rules and using a common language. Even in improvising dances, you have to know certain moves and you can't just flail your body around and expect it to look good. But in dance, you also have to be flexible. The most interesting part of a dance is the differences everyone brings to the table. If you don't allow for flexibility in the choreography and the differences in how people dance, the art isn't the same. This is also true for Christianity. There is always going to be a tension between rules and flexibility, but Christians can follow the rules laid out and also be flexible with certain topics. At the church, there should be rules and things we as a church hold on to, but at the same time, we should also be flexible. Pastor Sam just did a sermon series last month on Bend, Don't Break, Flexibility and Resilience in a Time of Crisis. During recent months, all of us have had to be flexible at some point or another, and that is something good we could carry forward from this time of pandemic and loss. Like dance, we need the rules, but we also need flexibility in the celebration of difference as well. In our dance of faith, we should move as one while also giving room and flexibility for others to find their own unique expressions as well. If we do this, we just might find that we are able to be in the same church and think differently, but still work towards good. Maybe we just need to learn to dance more as a church.